Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time in your word, the short time that we'll have, the time that we'll have in our small groups, the fellowship, the food. We are so blessed, Lord, to still be doing all these things and to have this priceless gift before us, which is the word of God. So we thank you. We praise you. We ask that you would just bless this time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's open our Bibles to 1 John 1. We're going to go through 1 through 10. So we're going to go verse by verse. I'm not going to read it all the way through. We're just going to take it piece by piece. So here we have some real personal letters from the Apostle John, written about AD 96. Church tradition and reputable scholars from the earliest days of Christianity have ascribed these letters, these epistles to him, commonly believed to be the Apostle John, one of Jesus' chosen twelve the son of Zebedee and the disciple whom Jesus loved of John's gospel. Also, he was the youngest of the apostles. And so the whole um, intro is online. So if you're interested, it's only 12 minutes long, and that'll catch you up if you missed it. Under calvaryqueencreek.org, you just go to media, you go to message library, you scroll all the way down, and anytime you miss a lesson, it will be loaded for you. So these letters were written to believers, to the surrounding churches, and this is a good thing to keep in mind as we go through this study. So there's so much to this study, and that's why you have your small group time, because I can't do it complete justice, but let's dive in, beginning with verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life." And the word of life is what just jumped out at me. And I spent hours on the word of life. And my husband's like, you have to move on. You can't, you know, you got to get through 10 verses. So, um, but the word of life, the word in the Greek means logos. And it's seen in hundreds of verses in the Bible. But only seven times does it reference Jesus Christ. And this is one of those times in 1 John. This is the same logos spoken of in John 1.1, which also speaks the same truth that Jesus was from the beginning. John 1.1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So he is the creator. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so Jesus put on that human nature in the person of Jesus, the Messiah, the second person in the Godhead. And here we see John telling us from an eyewitness experience more about him. So I did some studies through the Blue Letter Bible and different teachings, and they're great tools for you. You can always go to blueletterbible.org, and you can find out lots of great info. And so from the Blue Letter Bible, I, got, I looked up the word life in the Greek. And in this verse in First John, it means life, real and genuine, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed in this world of those who put their trust in Christ. And aren't we blessed if we put our trust in Christ? But after the resurrection, it says, to be consummated or completed or fulfilled, by new accession or new additions, among them 
a more perfect body and to last forever. And the older I get, the more I like that new body part. I think that sounds so awesome. We will get a new body. So life is twofold. It's now and it's in eternity. And we're going to be talking about our lives now uh, when we discuss light and darkness today. And when we talk about the word of life, we mean Jesus equals eternal life. Plain and simple. Because Jesus is God's revelation of himself, and I said this last time, he has that very special name, the word of life. And to know Jesus Christ is to know God. If a person is wrong about Jesus Christ, he is wrong about God because Jesus is the final and complete revelation of God to men. Colossians 3, 4 says, when Christ, who is our life, our life here now, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. And 1 John 5, 12, he who has the son has life, eternal life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. And when my mom lived with us in her later years, she lived with us for two years, she had dementia, and so she would always ask, are you sure I'm going to heaven? Are you sure I'm going to heaven? And I would quote this verse to her, he who has the son has life. Do you have the son? Do you have Jesus? Yes, you have life. You have eternal life. And so she was always concerned until the very last week when we talked about heaven, she said, I can hardly wait. And it was so cool to hear her like progress, even with her dementia, from not being sure to hard, she couldn't hardly wait. So he is our life now and in eternity. And we could spend hours on this topic alone. And like I said, I have so, but we need to move on. The apostle John is giving us information in 1 John with the weight of an eyewitness. The word of life, Jesus Christ, he heard him, he saw him with his eyes, he looked upon him, and he handled him. He and his testimony refuted the heresies of the day, one of which was Gnosticism, which believed that everything material was evil and everything spiritual was good, And so their belief was that Jesus did not have an actual body. But John tells us differently. He heard him. And we can pick any of the words in the Gospels, the red letters that you see in your Bible, if you have a red letter Bible, and know that they heard him. He saw him. And as you go through the Gospel accounts, you will see many saw him, including John. John 20, 29 says, Jesus said to him, to Thomas, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And that's us. We have not seen, but we are blessed. First Peter 1, 8, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. So he looked upon him, which means to gaze intently. And again, John 1.14 tells us how he beheld him. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He handled him. Luke 29 Luke 24, 39 through 40. Behold my hands and my feet, that is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And so this eyewitness account from John. So let's go to 1 John verse 2. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. And so manifest there means to make visible or make known what was hidden or unknown. 
whether by words or deeds or in any other way. So the eternal God became accessible to man in the most basic way that anyone could relate to him. This eternal one can be known and he has revealed himself to us. So eternal life was with the Father. That's Jesus, declaring Jesus as eternal life. And John remembered the words of Jesus in John 6, 48. I am that bread of life. And John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. So he also repeated the idea expressed in his first words of this letter that Jesus himself is eternal and therefore God. People are not eternal in the past sense. We're not eternal in the past sense. We're eternal moving forward, but not in the past sense. To say that something is eternal in the past would make them equal to God. But Jesus is truly eternal in both directions. And his eternal existence is declared also in Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, Epriath, I don't know how to say that word, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. And that word everlasting there means beyond the vanishing point. But with this eternal God who became man, we can have fellowship. And so we're going to start talking about fellowship. 1 John 1 verse 3, that which we have seen and heard We declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So declare in verse 3 means to bring word, report, to proclaim or make known openly. John is making known to the churches and to us as well in these letters some amazing things about Jesus. And he is telling us that this Jesus who died for us we can actually have fellowship with. That's so amazing to me. But before we can have fellowship with one another in the true sense of the word, we must have a relationship with Jesus. And so that word fellowship, the word koinonia in the Greek, means association, community, communion, joint participation based on God's word. And that's the difference between fellowship of like hanging out with those, maybe you love the same sport as somebody and you hang out and you watch a basketball game with them or whatever, and you have a great time, but that's not the fellowship we're talking about. Or you fellowship with your coworkers because you have work in common. That's different. This fellowship here is that joint connection based on God's word. And it goes much deeper. The blessing of that horizontal relationship with one another begins with the vertical relationship with Jesus Christ. It first begins with the vertical. So if you're not right here, it's going to be really hard to be connected with other people that are loving Jesus. And so you've got to make sure you're right, and we'll be talking about that. But 1 Corinthians 10.16, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion, and that means fellowship, of the blood of Christ, the bread which we break, is it not the communion or fellowship of the body of Christ? Paul in Romans 1, 11 through 12, longed to see the Roman Christians to have fellowship with them. It was a mutual faith they would partake in, and by that true fellowship, by that they would have true fellowship with one another. He said in those verses, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. 
And so he longed for that fellowship. Acts 2.42 tells us that the early church did four things that were vital. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. So this is what the early church did. And it's essential for us to practice as well. 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? And we will be talking a little bit about light and darkness as we move forward. And so I think you guys get the idea. And I have like a a girl that does my massage and she's Mormon. I'm trying to witness to her. But, um, you know, it's nice chatting with her about her kids and her life. But it's like you walk away empty because you can't have that complete fellowship. And so it's just not the same. So, And when I'm away from the church fellowship, say we're on vacation, even though I still have that fellowship with my husband or whoever, you just like long to be back to have that fellowship with you ladies. And so it's so, so important. I'm hungry for it, and I'm sure you guys are too. That's why you're here. Back to 1 John 1, 4. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. And we talked briefly about this last time. Joy is that calm delight and it is eternal. The word of God gives us a calm delight and how we need it in a dark world. So we all just read, everything we just read, all those verses that we just read should give us that joy. That Jesus is eternal and that we can have life in him, that he is truth, and that we can have fellowship with him and one another. Just that alone should give us joy. We, we can return to this when we feel our joy is being robbed due to circumstances in our lives and we're not happy. We know happy is different than joy. Um, we are human. We're going to grieve. We're going to hurt. We're going to cry. Uh, but the inner peace and calm can still reside because of that joy from Jesus. And as we go into these next verses, continuing on in the word fellowship and adding the topic of light and darkness, we've got to read them all kind of to get the full context. So let's dive into those. 1 John 1, 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So God has no darkness at all. And I think we can all easily agree on that. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So just pure light. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And verse 7 qualifies verse 6. Um, so in context, You know, you could still think it it is still talking about our fellowship with the Lord and not necessarily with one another. So our book homework kind of goes into fellowship with one another in these verses. But I've I really dug into this and I studied it. And um, most of the reputable Calvary pastors believe in context six goes with seven. So I'm going to read it together. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So that one another is with Jesus, I believe. First the vertical, always first the vertical, then the horizontal. 
But here's some strong words. If one claims to be in fellowship with God, so that relationship of common relation, interest, and sharing that we spoke about based on the truth of God's word, yet does walk in darkness, it is not a truthful claim. So John sees things much more clearly than our current age does, which doesn't want to see anything in black or white, but more of a pale gray. We see this in, even in the Christian realm. The modern world often thinks in terms of my truth. John focused on the idea of God's truth, ultimate truth. And so that's why we do take everything back to the word. Um, we see the lines being blur- blurred today, and I know you guys see it, even amid so-called Christian churches not standing in the truth of God's word. And so now will we be sinless and will we be perfect? No. What does walking in darkness really mean? And so when you look up that word walk, it means to make one's way or to progress, to make due use of opportunities. So which way are you progressing or which way am I progressing? And what opportunities are we taking? So walking is taking use of those opportunities. So we have to ask ourselves that. Are we walking towards the Lord or towards sin? If towards sin, you are actually really digressing, which means you're wandering or you're departing or you're straying as a Christian. And so we all have to examine ourselves. And I know Pastor Jim is very big on this when we have communion. He says, examine your own heart because it's so easy to look at everybody else. But I was sitting in the back last time with our grandson, Francesco, and he's nine. And um, he, I said, have you taken communion before? Because I don't always have them. His mom does, and she goes to church. And he says, yeah, it's fun. And I'm like, no, it's not fun. It's, um, <laughs> so I'm trying to explain it to him, but not tell him he can't take it because his mom already said he could. I didn't want to make a scene, you know. So um, I'm like, are you listening to Papa? Are you practicing sin? He's like, what? And I'm like, are you practicing sin? Do you say, I'm just going to be bad today, and I'm just going to yell at my mom and... Oh, no, 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 no. So anyways, I'm trying to explain this to him without being a distraction. But the issue here is obviously examining our hearts. We have to examine our own hearts and ask, are we walking in light or are we walking in dark? So the issue in these verses is fellowship, not salvation. The Christian who temporarily walks in darkness is still saved, but not in fellowship with God. And here's some verses on our security of our salvation. And I think they're important to note when you read these kind of verses, John 10, 27 through 30, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. So we cannot lose our salvation. And we're, but we're not going to be perfect. But, but uh, you know, many times people are like, oh my gosh, I stumbled into this and now I lost my salvation. No, you have that conviction of the Holy Spirit and you will get back on track. John 4, 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. 2 Corinthians 1.22, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. And Ephesians 1.13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed 
with the Holy Spirit of promise. And so it's a, a done deal. So as I said, this is not about salvation, but our job of restoring fellowship with the Lord, our job. Um, an example, but not a perfect one, and may, maybe some of you have the same one similar in your life, whether it's with a parent, a sibling, a child, a friend. Um, we have one in our family where there's a breach, um, but it's, it's with one of our sons, and his, but his standing remains the same in our family. But the fellowship, in a sense, the connection is gone for now. So it's now up to him, not us, to restore that fellowship. And just that it is up to you, not the Lord, to restore your fellowship with him if you stray. He's still there. He has not moved. And it's same with the prodigal son in Luke 15. And if you have not read it, I really encourage you to read it. But the son had to come to his senses. When he left home and he got into all that junk, he had to come to his senses and make his way back to that relationship with his father, which as you will see in the story, his father was waiting and his father was willing to receive him back. And his father was there. And so the standing was still there. So only because of the goodness and righteousness of the Savior's work on the cross can there be any fellowship between us, we're imperfect creatures, and an infinitely perfect God. It's, it's amazing that we are blessed with that. And as I said, these verses are speaking to Christians. And so this is not about God not doing his part, but about us on our end, keeping our slate clean before the Lord and staying in fellowship with him as we navigate through this thing called life here on earth. And when we move away, we need to make the move to repair the breach. And he is always calling out to us. God always calls out to you. He's always there. The Holy Spirit is always working. But when we were saved, meaning we accepted Christ as our Savior, I just want to mention three things. God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you'll find that in 1 Peter 2, 9. When we were saved, we became children of light. 1 Thessalonians 5.5, 5, you are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. You become a child of God when you receive Jesus Christ. Before that, you're not. You're living in darkness. And so we became children of light. The third thing, we should now walk as children of light. Ephesians 5.8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And so there should be no gray areas where sin is concerned. It's black or white. And if you have questions with things that you're like, I'm not sure about this, go to the word, first and foremost. Go to a trusted believer. Talk through things. Um, but darkness and light, you know, darkness is deceiving. Um, and I see this more and more as I get older. You know, if the lights are dim and I'm looking in the mirror, I'm like, oh, I don't look that bad. It's very <laughs> deceiving. And then I put the lights on full bore, and I'm like, oh, you know, things are changing. It just happens. Um, and so we could do something about it, or we can't, you know, whatever. You do what you can. But, um, but in the spiritual realm, when that is revealed, that light is revealed, we should do something about it because it is a spiritual issue, which is the eternal issue. The rest of this is going to fade and, you know, we're going to get our new bodies. And so um, I was thinking about my sister. She got in an accident this past summer. She, um, you know, she navigates her house all the time. And, 
she, her husband went to bed later than her and he spilled something. And so he moved the furniture and he cleaned everything up, but he never put the furniture back. So in the middle of the night, when she got up to go do what she normally needs to do, she wanted to go get something. She jammed her foot right into the chair really hard, ripped a tendon. I mean, it's bad that she's been recovering and she's still, it just swells all the time. I feel really bad for her. But, um, we think we can walk in the darkness because we know we've done, we've done this before. We've done this routine before, but God, you know, the enemy wants to trip us up. And so we have to be aware where we're walking. Um, we think things like I can be married and hang out with the opposite sex um, because I have had no issues, you know, and then you start putting your guard down. Or I can go to this party because I'm strong. Or I can be on social media because I'm able to self-regulate my time and what I see. And that's between you and the Lord, but we all have to examine our lives. I can read those books or see those movies. It's just entertainment. Um, I can hang there. It's no big deal. Uh, So we can be lulled into thinking we can do certain things, but we are to be aware. 1 Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So this walking in light is active. And in a crowd this size, and in a crowd of one, there is human tendencies to sin, Sometimes we're not aware of our imperfections, our sin nature on a moment-to-moment basis. Um, We can be going along what we think is just fine, and later in the day, you hear that still small voice, that quiet moment with the Holy Spirit where he pricks your heart, and you realize, I blew it over there today. You didn't know it at the time, but he deals with you. And as you grow closer to the Lord, it's going to happen more and more as he deals with our hearts on a daily basis, as we allow him to. Proverbs 4, 26, 27. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. So walking in light, the likelihood of stumbling goes way down. But it's still possible and probable, as we just spoke about. Walking in light means we want to stay clear of obstacles. Walking in light is active And we should be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to grow us and mature us. So where are you walking? Where am I walking? In light or in darkness? So we're going to go to 1 John verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And I think we've pretty much covered that. But Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 1 John verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Pastor Jim says this a lot, but from heaven to earth, we're clear no matter what, even when we stumble, but from earth to heaven, we can be out of fellowship with the Lord when we walk in sin. So we need to repent to have that true fellowship once again with the Lord. So confession is still vital to maintain relationship with God. And this is the context that John speaks from. As God convicts us of sin that is hindering our fellowship with him, we must confess it and receive forgiveness and cleansing for our relationship to continue without hindrance. 
The blood of Jesus Christ has paid the penalty for all our sins, past, present, and future. And this verb form John uses in cleanses us from all sin in 1 John here is in the present tense, not in the future tense. So we can do more than merely hope we will one day be cleansed. We, we are cleansed because of what the cross did for us. And so I read this in a reputable commentary, and it helps. I'm going to read this little paragraph because we could think, oh, it's only going to cleanse us if I'm repenting, and then, oh, I forgot to repent for that, and so now I'm not saved. But the work of Jesus, it says, on the cross doesn't only deal with the guilt of sin that might send us to hell. It also deals with the stain of sin, which hinders our continual relationship with God. We need to come to God often with the simple plea, cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. Not because we haven't been cleansed before, but because we need to be continually cleansed to enjoy continual relationship. We need a continual cleansing because the Bible says we continually sin and fall short of the glory of God. And you could look those verses up, Romans 3.23 again, John 13.10. So let's look at verse 10 in 1 John. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So if we say we have no sin, John has introduced the idea of walking in light and being cleansed from sin, but he did not for a moment believe that a Christian can become sinlessly perfect or we would be God himself. To think this is of ourselves is to deceive ourselves and to say this of ourselves is to lie. The truth is not in us. So we're going to close up and get you to your group discussion, but I'm going to give you a short tidbit on each verse if you want to jot it down in any fashion, just as a super quick overview of these verses. It'll be real quick. So verse 1 and 2, Jesus is from the beginning. He came in human flesh and is our Savior for this life and the life to come. Verse 3, we can have fellowship with a perfect God. Verse 4, our joy can be full. Verse 5, God is light. He has no darkness. Verse 6 and 7, our fellowship with God is broken if we walk in darkness. It's our choice. He's always there to cleanse us and restore that fellowship. A believer will occasionally commit sin, but will not make it a habit to sin. It's about where we walk, not how. We are to walk in the light. Verse 8, we are imperfect beings, Romans 3.23. Verse 9, a faithful God is always ready to forgive. Be proactive, keeping the slate clean. From heaven to earth, you're already forgiven. From earth to heaven, confession restores your fellowship to the Father. And verse 10, don't be deceived. Be aware of your own sin and your own sin nature. Proverbs 28:13, he who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes it will have mercy. So the word of life, our Savior, what a complete blessing to have intimate fellowship with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we as imperfect beings can have fellowship with a perfect God. We are so thankful for that, Lord, and help us not to take that for granted. Help us to always look to the vertical, to you first and foremost, and in doing, we can be right with others, and we can walk in that light and have fellowship with you and also with one another, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be a bright light as we walk out in a dark world. Help them to see a difference in us. And we give this time to you, Lord, as we fellowship with one another in our study time now. And as we eat, we thank you for the ladies that have brought this food for us. Lord, we are incredibly blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.